Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon, joined this week by Jake McGee. How are you doing today, Jake? Not too bad at all, but I think it was something like 15 days away from the, the season, so it's it's just around the corner now. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I, I can't wait. I just can't wait. Still, still on tenterhooks. Um, obviously, we've had uh, week two of preseason. We'll be able to run through the scores from week two of preseason. But again, it, oh, it's, it's not too much about the scores. We've got some news for you. It's mostly regarding, uh, unfortunately, some injuries around the NFL. And uh, there's a couple of other points that we're going to be covering. We're going to be looking forward to week three of preseason and, of course, the season itself. And at the end of the show, of course, it will have everyone's favourite segment, Random Stats. Uh, so, Jake, why don't we just kick straight off with the news and uh, why don't you tell us uh, the main sort of talking points from this week? Okay, well, like you say, lots of uh, injuries, sadly. A few um, cuts or, or releases. There was two trades, neither of them blockbusters. Uh, there was a retirement. And obviously, we'll talk about Deshaun Watson. Well, well, I think we should probably start with the, the Deshaun Watson since it's probably the biggest. Um, obviously, we were waiting to to find out what was going to happen yeah. with the uh, basically appeal from the, the six game and no fine. Well, it's been upgraded, if you will, uh, to eleven games and a five million pound fine. Are we surprised that the first game back is against the Texans? You know. It's just amazing how these things work. But uh, yeah, it came out, changed his story again, apologized for possibly triggering people, but still claims innocence, even after the, the Sue Robson report obviously found him you know, <laughs> guilty of basically sexual assault, and he said he wasn't going to apologize and he's innocent. But we, you know, there's not really too much more to say about it. You know, Is it a good thing that he's got a fine... Yes, is it a good thing that the game's got increased? Yes, is it satisfactory? Not, not at all. No, it, it's definitely not satisfactory. And uh, the you're right. The fact that he's always maintained his innocence, and then to apologise for triggering people, you think it, it, this isn't about? I I don't know what the the right word would be. Um, snowflakes is the one that keeps getting thrown around. It, it's not about people being overly sensitive. So I don't know where he's coming from with that, but I, I'm with you. I, I don't want to talk about this too much. As you say, increased to 11 games. Um, his first game back will be against the Texans. So you, you've got to wonder how much yeah. of... I know. You, you have to think if they'd been playing the Texans in week nine, it would probably have been increased to eight games. You really have to think that. It's just such an NFL thing. You know, that was the first thing. Everyone, 11 games, that's a weird number. Oh, because of the bye week, yeah. um, week thirteen, they play the Texans. I mean, it's just beyond a joke. It's it's one of those things where, you're like, honestly, at that point, ten games would have annoyed me less because it just feels, even if by some miracle it was just pure coincidence, which it's not. It's just I don't I don't get it. If I'm the NFL, if, even if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm saying, give me ten games, give me twelve games. Let's not. Like take the absolute Michael here and have my first game back against the Texans. It's just it feels cheap. 
It it is cheap, um, but we don't want to dwell too much on this, as we said. Now, um, before we before we go into the the rest of the news, we'll do a, a quick recap of the scores from week two from preseason. Um, so we've got the Chicago Bears beat the Seahawks twenty seven eleven, the Patriots beat the Panthers twenty to ten, the Packers unfortunately beat the Saints. Sorry about that, Jake. 20 to 10. That's preseason. It is okay. preseason. You know, as as the, the great Bill Parcells used to say uh, with regards to games, don't tell me about the labour, show me the baby. Well, preseason is the opposite of that, right? We, we don't care about the baby. We want to see the things that happened in the lead up to it. So, you know, you're getting a chance to see your second and third stringers. That's what you want to see. It's not about the score. Um, but, you know, Dave might have argued with that because the Texans beat the Rams 24-20. to 20. So there you go. <laughs> the Lions beat the Colts 27-26. Uh, the Broncos got hammered by the Buffalo Bills 42-15. to 15. The Washington Commanders lost to the Chiefs 24-14. to 14. The Titans beat the Bucks 13-3. 49ers beat the Vikings 17-7. Steelers uh, over the Jaguars by 1.16-15. Raiders beat the Dolphins 15 13 Cowboys uh, just trounced all over the Chargers 32 18. Uh, the Eagles beat the Browns 21 20. The Giants beat the Bengals 25 22. Ravens over the Cardinals 24 17. The final game was the uh, New York Jets over the Atlanta Falcons with 24 to 16. And there is one thing I wanted to bring up again just before we do the news, uh, Jake, which was did you? See the uh, any of the highlights from the Cowboys Chargers game? Did you catch I it? did not. You did not. Well, there was a gentleman there by the name of Turpin. Now I forget his his second his first name, but his uh, second name is Turpin. You know, like Dick Turpin, the highwayman. And uh, he Robert, did, Robert Turpin used to play for the Seahawks, I think. Oh no, I think I was Turbin. I believe that was Turbin. I oh, think okay. this guy's a rookie. No, I think you're right. I think this guy's a rookie, and uh, he took a kickoff for a touchdown and a punt for a touchdown in the same game. It's, it's uh, very rarely that happens at all. Um, so, you know, if you want to make your mark in the preseason, special teams is a good way of doing it. So uh, Turpin taking a kickoff, I think a kickoff was 98 yards, and then taking a punt back for a touchdown in the same game against the Chargers. That's the kind of thing that will get these rookies, uh, obviously not your, your first, <laughs> your first round pick rookies that's the, the kind of thing i'll get a rookie noticed uh, and that's the kind of thing that'll get you a chance to get onto the team you know they say the best way to make the team is special teams uh for a lot of these players so so good for him yeah so like you say it's always fantastic to see these kind of highlights like you know i think you put it perfectly it's never you know the first round second round picks that have to worry about these late round picks these undrafted free agents even you know people that have bounced around a little bit um, special teams really can be their, their way back into the league or their way into the league. So make the most of any opportunity and, and certainly go out there and make a highlight play for yourself. Yeah, I mean, the, the only players who really can't do that is obviously you know, your, your quarterbacks and, um, you know, kickers and punters. Uh, they're all, well, I mean, they play special teams anyway. You know, you know what I mean, though? Uh, it's not like they can also cover kicks. Or, or, well, or Taysom, Taysom Hill's a quarterback, and he made a name for himself on special teams. Actually, right, okay, it. so you've got... <laughs> <laughs> There's always an exception to the There's rule. There's always an exception to the rule. Oh, hang on. Actually, actually, talking about kickers. Right. So, do you remember last week, Jake? I think it was last week, anyway, where uh, Santoso, kicker for the Jaguars, 
um, had beaten out Fry for the he job. Did indeed. And uh, it turned out that um, you owed me a pint because we said um, about, I think what I said was, we don't know if he's got the job, but <laughs> he beat out Fry. So, I mean, it was he a did. two, uh, you know, as we've already discussed, it was a two horse race, wasn't it, Jake? It was. It was head to head. And uh, what happened? Well, initially, head to head, you, you have won the battle. I owe yes. you a pint. Mm-hmm. But to, to throw a spanner into the uh, work, Santosa was cut. The Jaguars, <laughs> I, th- I think they still have um, or, or had no kickers on the team when they kicked him. They've, they've claimed James McCourt off waivers. But Santoso impressed that little that they thought Fry wasn't the guy. Santoso, even if it leaves us with no kickers, is also not the guy. So yeah, it, it's not. It's, often. <laughs> it's not often. First of all, it's not often that two people are completely wrong in what should be a two-horse race. That's it's, it's very rare that happens. So only on the Win FL show. Um, secondly, how bad do you have to be? How bad did Fry have to be when he got cut? And then Santoso got cut with no other kickers on the roster. So it's not like they saw, you know, there was another guy kicking and they're like, oh, Santoso, you're out. This guy's in. They had nobody. They would rather have no one than Santoso, which kind of makes you think, how bad was Fry? Yeah, like you say, it's <laughs> interesting. I could break, break our draft expert Ewan's heart here and say it's, you know, the perfect kind of situation that where this has happened before was the when, when Tottenham Hotspur were well they came third in a two-horse race they, they were so far first and second and somehow they still ended the season third and it's just one of those moments we had two <laughs> kickers fighting out for a job and somehow James McCourt who I've never heard of has been claimed by the Jaguars and I, I won't even be sure that he's going to make the team at this point the Jaguars might just well, I'll tell yeah, you what. You know, why why don't safety to do at this point? Why don't we double down on the bet then? Okay. Do you think he will or will not make the team? So week one kick. I mean, he's only if he does. I will gamble on the Jaguars and say that he will not be the kicker. <laughs> okay. Week, week one. <laughs> I'll say that he will. So if McCourt cost me a lot of money, the Jags. <laughs> if if McCourt is the kicker come week one and kicks that opening kickoff. Um, then uh, you owe me a pint. <laughs> so it's I'll like be, I'll be owing two. You, you, yeah, well, that'll be that'll be two. Um, and if he's not, then I owe you a pint. So we'll see how that goes. So okay. we'll, we'll see how that goes. So yeah, you know, you you sometimes in order to pay attention to teams that you may not necessarily support. And I know some of our uh, listeners are avid Jaguars fans. Um, we know this. Um, but it's it certainly makes it more interesting. So uh, McCourt, it's it's on it's resting on your shoulders now, or on your legs, I should say, uh, whether or not you are the starting kicker <laughs> for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Only time will tell. Now there's quite a lot. I mean, we spoke about special teams already. We spoke about kickers. There was quite a bit of news about um, special teams. Eddie Pinero was um, released by the Jets, which means uh, one of Dave's favourites, Greg the Leg, has won that job. Um, Matt Hack, the punter for the Bills, was released, which means the punt god, Matt, I think it's a razor um, or a riser, um, won that job. He had an 82-yard punt uh, in the one of the preseason games against Buffalo. That's I mean, he did. similar to I the 
Yeah, similar to the eat the punt return or the kick return. Hitting an eighty-two yard bomb is enough to probably win you most punt jobs. They were like, "Yeah, this this is our guy. Yeah, this guy's got you know a cannon for a leg." So, I mean, on the Bills as well, Tavon Austin was released as well. So you know, very notably known for his gadget plays and his you know special teams. Those a lot of special teams kind of ins and outs this week. Certainly, it was. Um, we've said it time and time again. We love our special teams. You've got to keep an eye on some of these players, and uh, it's it's just great. To, I mean, so on one hand, it's great to see all these moves and players going in there, and players getting a second and third chance in the league. On the other hand, it is detrimental for a lot of teams. When I mean, you look at the Jaguars there. You know, to bring it back to them for just for a minute, if they don't have a kicker. Okay, so technically they do have a kicker in place at the moment. Yes. It's three weeks to kick off. It's not far. You know, the, the the league starts, the season starts on September 10th, uh, 11th, I think it's first, the first Sunday, the 11th mm-hmm. of September. Um, and you think, you don't have a kicker in place? Because it's not just, I mean, obviously we look, oh, all, all he's doing is kicking the ball. But the kicker will also have to know the... Uh, I, I don't know what the word would be, the, the formations, not, not, not formations as such, the drill, you know, in case of a botch snap. They, they, they have certain things to do, which you wouldn't think by a lot of teams when they do get a botch snap, because people just seem to run around like idiots. But, you know, they, they will. They'll have, if the holder drops the snap on the ground, we do this. If the snap goes over the holder's head, you know, flying 10 yards behind you, we do this. So they've got these things and you've got to get that into your kicker's head as well. It's not just, we look at them and say, well, this is what we're doing. But also on kickoffs, they've got to be saying, in this situation, we want you to kick it short. In this situation, you're kicking it to the right, to the left, squibbing it. I hate squib kicks. Despise them. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, try and put it through the uprights in every single kickoff. Absolutely. That's what I think you should do. Always touchbacks all the time. Now, from a fan's point of view, that's just boring. You know, we like to see kickoff returns. But um, the, the the truth is that, uh, you know, any head coach, 99% of the time, they'll say, just put it through the back of the end zone. Yeah, so obviously there with the ins and outs of the, the kickers and the punters. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some rough news for the Colts punter, Rigoberto Sanchez. I believe he's torn his Achilles. Um, so that'll be him oh. done for the season. Wow. But he took over from Pat McAfee, I believe, or he came in not long after Pat McAfee, if, if that is the case, and he's been there ever since. Uh, he's been very solid for them. Seems like a great character, but yeah, that's never ideal and could be one of those ones where, you know, like I say, there's only two, two, three weeks till the season. They're now scrambling to find who's going to be their punter. And yeah. It, it must be a weird one for whoever signs for that job because you know it's pretty much a one-year one year gig. You would expect so, um, just given, the, as you said, the, the consistency that they've had at the position, unlike some of the other teams in the NFL. Yes. Yeah, so that, that one was uh, a rough one. Now, before we jump on to, to all the injuries, uh, we'll circle back to the Browns um, because in the, the least shocking news in the probably the universe baker mayfield was named the starter at um carolina and i am praying and it's not often i will pray and hope for a panthers win but i hope baker mayfield rains hell on the, <laughs> on the browns week one i 
I'll never cheer for the Panthers' win as much as I will on week one. Absolutely. I will be hoping that he uh, sort of recreates Peyton Manning week one, 2013. Seven <laughs> touchdowns. That's what I'm hoping for. I honestly hope that the Cleveland Browns just get annihilated in every single game they play. Now, I'm not usually like that with teams. I like to see them lose. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've never been a fan of the Browns, obviously, but teams like the Raiders, speaking division rival, the, the Seattle Seahawks, obviously, as we know, I, I don't like them. I, I like to see them lose. But I don't think I've ever gone into a season just hoping and praying that a team gets absolutely blown to pieces by another team where it does not affect the Broncos in any way whatsoever. But it's, like I say, it's not not surprising that Baker was named a star when he was traded. It was pretty obvious. I mean, the Panthers did the right thing and said it was going to be a, a competition between him and Donald and, you know, they'll have their chances. But yeah. it would have been a very big shock to me. And I'm assuming most people, if Donald had beat out Mayfield and probably would have been the end of Mayfield because if you can't be out, Sam Donald, no offence, Mr. Donald, um, it's, it's not a great look, I would imagine. Do you think? Do you think this is this might be the end of Donald's career? Uh, assuming, it's, assuming that the big Mayfield doesn't get injured and Donald gets another chance. Do you, do you I think? think uh, I think it's the end of his starting career. Yeah, I think he could. You know, if he wants to be a backup or you know wants to tang around the league, you know, say Mayfield could get hurt. Mayfield could be awful. You know, and they might go. You know what? We're you know. Four games to go. We've got, you know, we know what we've got with Mayfield. We're not going to make the playoffs. Let's throw in Donald. You know, let's see what we got one more time. So, you know, he might play the odd game, but I think realistically, that's probably the end of his starting days, unless the team is, like I say, injuries or, or desperate. Yeah. In, in my yeah. opinion, anyway. It's just, I, I don't, I, I, you know, in a way, I feel bad for Sam Donald uh, in that. You know, he was drafted by the, well, <laughs> he was drafted by the Jets and yeah. immediately put into a position that he couldn't win. It's in the same way that I, I worry that Zach Wilson will suffer the same fate. Now, I think Zach Wilson has slightly more ability than Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold's a very talented quarterback. He just had the worst position absolute worst position with with those jets um he went to the panthers it's not really worked out for him it looked like he was was going to be the starter this year and then they signed bacon mayfield and i don't think he can beat out bacon mayfield even if you know even if the browns thing wasn't a factor which we know it probably was um in in mayfield getting the week one start i i have serious doubts he could beat out bacon mayfield and i think Unfortunately for Donald, yeah, this might be the the end of essentially essentially his career. He might be uh, a backup for a few years. He might get another shot somewhere. Two, three years down the line, gets another shot and lights it up. It's a possibility. I think it's just highly unlikely, uh, unfortunately for Sam. He's, he's certainly, like you say, not been set up for success at the Jets. I mean, he was drafted when he was really young as well. He's just mm -hmm. turned 20, I think. I mean, that's a lot for for a young man to take on. And and we see it time and time again. You know, Baker Mayfield's pretty much the exception for the, for the most part. But the Browns did have, you know, 
a much better roster than their record down yeah. the line. But there's, you see it so many times. I'm hoping to see Baker play well. I'm hoping to see Trevor Lawrence play well because again, it's another one that you know, generational talent. Everyone loves him. Had a rough first year because you know that is the the curse almost of being an early draft pick is you go to a not very good team. You know, there's a reason they're drafting first. So it's one of those, a lot of times that's why people encourage tanking. Because if you've got a half decent team and you somehow end up picking, you know, in the top three and you get a great player, then you are set up, you know, better than the Jets were when they took Donald. And say if your second chance is with a Panthers team that wasn't filled with talent and, um, like we spoke about before, with McCaffrey being injured, you know your best player yeah, going down injured. Yeah. It's he's certainly like you do, like you say, you do feel for him. He's certainly not been set up for success, but I'd be surprised if we see him get another starting gig. Yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, Baker Mayfield, he's going to be the starter week one. He is indeed. Now the he's definitely going to be the number two. Um, Donald, because the the rookie quarterback Matt Corral uh, suffered a Liz Frank tear and is done for the season, which is just brutal. I mean, he wasn't going to see much of the field, obviously, with with Mayfield and Donald ahead of him. But with them being a rookie, they were definitely excited to see him, and to not even get a full preseason um, is just not not good for for anyone. And we'll see how long he's out for. See if he. You know, comes back next year and, um, and what they've got with him because the Panthers at this moment probably don't know what they've got with him. No, probably not. Um, it, that, that's a shame. That's a real shame. It's it's so hard. We've been looking at some of these rookie quarterbacks in preseason. Um, you look at the the fellow over in in Pittsburgh there, uh, Pick, Pickett. Pickens. Any Pickett, yeah. <laughs> One of them's Pickens, which is the receiver, isn't it? Um, Kenny Pickett. He's been looking good in preseason. He has. Uh, like, really good. To the point where some people are saying, maybe he should start week one. Now, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. Uh, but he has looked pretty fantastic. Um, the, the guy there in, in, in Carolina, that's that's a shame, Corral. That's a real shame for him. Yeah, it was a bit of a rough week for, for rookies. The... Um, I think was it number five draft pick, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, bit fortunate because I what I saw the replay of his knee just getting collapsed on, and the stretcher came out, and there was strong worries that it was going to be the the dreaded ACL, and it's going to be out for a while. Thankfully, um, from the first glance, it was just an MCL sprain, and he's yeah. going to be out about three weeks, so he should be back, kind of early season. Um, but the Giants lost another player on the same game. Uh, let me find who it was. The rookie linebacker and sixth-round draft pick, Darian Beavers, suffered a torn ACL. So not a great week for rookies, not a great week for Giants rookies, but thankfully we'll see Cave on Thibodeau early in the season, but not so fortunate for the other two. No, not at all. Uh, I did see that, uh, that play with Thibodeau, and it, uh, that looked rough. Um, it, yes, I, I've it's not heard, pretty. yeah, I've people have been it's saying on Twitter, um, it's a legal block, which it is. It's not a chop block because there's only one person involved in it. It's not. It's not like two, uh, but that's just that's just dangerous. He could have blown his knee clean out. 
Uh, that was a really, really dangerous looking play. Uh, but, you know, that's and that's just my opinion looking at it. Uh, as I say, experts have been on saying you, you could argue it's dangerous, but it, it was a legal play. So, you know, that's that's why uh, it was the way it was. But yeah, that, that looked rough. Yeah, there's a, a fine line between legal and, and, and right, you know. It's not probably one that many coaches uh, would encourage, and it's no. certainly not one you want to be on the, the receiving end of. The the Bucks offensive line woes continue. Their guard Aaron Stinney tore his ACL and MCL. Um, he was going to be their starting guard. I mean, they've just had a torrid off season on the offensive line. It just honestly feels like each week it's something else, and. Probably not the news Tom Brady uh, wanted to come back to after his absence. So interesting. I, I would imagine they're definitely in the market for a guard, a center, maybe a guard that can play center, maybe a center that can play guard. But they're most likely going to bring a guy in after they're just dropping like flies. Now there was a couple of smaller injuries. Thankfully, the the Chargers' uh, new cornerback J.C. Jackson had ankle surgery. Just two to four weeks expected. And then I saw that Chase Young and Gus Edwards were both put onto the pup list, which means they'll miss the first four at least. Um, those yeah, kind of ones. The, 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 uh, for, for those of you who, who don't know or who might not know, the pup list is the physically unable to perform list, which is not the same as injured reserve. Yes. Yeah. So it, it is a way of, of saying, my guy can't play, but he's not out for the season. He's just out for uh, you know X amount of games, a finite number of games, uh, whereas the the you know injured reserve that's basically them out uh, for the entire season. It's not always, but when you hear injured reserve, that basically means they're out for the season. The pop list they could come back at any point. We just don't know exactly when it's going to be. Oh, and I'm glad I just opened up Twitter to circle back to the Colts. They are signing former Bills punter Matt Hack. Oh, hey. So- <laughs> there's a, a happy ending to that story at least so the Bills released uh, Matt Hack I hope I'm so, saying that right H-A-A-C-K um, but he's found a new home in Indianapolis at least for this season so it's probably pretty ideal for him gets a chance to, to show off this year um, if Sanchez comes back and regains his place um, hopefully he does well enough to, to attract more interest but that's a, a nice ending to that story at least Good for him. Uh, talking about the Indianapolis Colts, quick uh, quick tangent here, just a small one. Uh, I, I, I I saw on Twitter that it's three years today that Andrew Luck retired. I also uh, saw that, yes. From the Indianapolis Colts. And you know the weird thing is, I was thinking to myself, it feels like a lot longer than three years. It really does. I mean, it's one of those, a, a big what if, you know, Barry Sanders-esque, you know, retiring when he still has a lot left in the tank and somehow... It's still, like you say, it feels like it was even further away than just three years ago. It does. Um, Andrew Luck, uh, that, that was, that's a sad story, Andrew Luck. His retirement uh, was a shock to millions, obviously. Um, but you could just see it. When he, when he held his pre- press, press conference, you could just see it. You could see it in his face. He was just mentally and physically done. Uh, he took an absolute beating in his career. Um, and he was one of the more gifted um, quarterbacks I think we've seen over the past 20 years from a, from a, a talent point of view. Uh, Andrew Luck was essentially the, the perfect replacement that they could have got when, when Peyton Manning 
uh, went down. And um, it's it was just such a shame. But three years, I would have sworn if you'd said to me, when did Andrew Luck retire? I'd have been saying, oh, five, six years ago. That, that's what it feels like. No, I have to agree with you. <laughs> One of those, like you say, it popped up on the feed. Like, is it really? A lot of times you say, oh, wow, time flies. But it's like, has it really only been three years? <laughs> I think that might say uh, more to what's been going on with the Colts' uh, quarterback position. Uh, that's true. That Since time. then, they've had about six different quarterbacks. So I think so. It's, it, it is easier to think that it's been longer, but you just yeah. forget that they just chop and change. That's they've not really had a, a steady uh, man at the, the helm since, so hopefully Matt Ryan can do that for them. But even at his age, how many years are you going to get? But it's very up and down at the Colts at the moment. Yeah. Now, thankfully, I think that was mainly it for the injuries. Uh, there was a couple of um, releases, uh, obviously getting the, the rosters down to 80. Um, we've mentioned a few of them already. Kenyon Drake from the Raiders was a bit of a surprise. Chris Herndon from the Saints. And I'm so glad we spent you know a few moments talking about Joe Schobert last week, about how he might work for the Broncos, because he's already been released. So... A very <laughs> short stay in Denver. Are we are we cursing people? I think so. Honestly, we had a bet on a two horse kicker, you know, two two uh, horse race, and they've both lost. Uh, we we dedicated time to how Joe Schobert might get on. He's been released. I mean, it's it's not a good place to be on the no, winner no. show at the moment. If we mention your name, you know, bubble wrap yourself. <laughs> yes, that that's exactly what to do. If we mention you by accident, then just. You know, just sit, don't go anywhere. Don't leave the house. Stay. How about that Mike Evans, you know? <laughs> just, you know <laughs> great player, Mike Evans. How about that Tom Brady? Yeah. Yeah, that Tom Brady. I mean, it's, it's so good to see him back this week. Yeah, I saw that. No it, ulterior motives here. No, none whatsoever. Tom Brady, all the way. Uh, so there you are. Yes, indeed, Jake. And uh, I, I believe you also went to, there was actually, of course, I mentioned Andrew Luck's retirement there. There, there was a retirement, wasn't there? Yes, uh, Shaquem Griffin, uh, former Seahawks, announced his retirement. Uh, I think he was in the league a few years. I want to say 2017. Uh, I don't believe he was in the league last year. Um, he's retired, said he's going back to plan A. Obviously, the NFL was a bonus and... Um, and you know a very nice bonus but he's got other plans um, and it's nice sometimes to see people retire of their own like choice really you know they have other plans this isn't the be all and end all he was just thankful to, to have the chance and to have the experience uh, yeah definitely and uh, as you say he played for a few years there with the Seahawks and uh he decided to retire. Fair play to him. We, we've spoken about uh, players who retire uh, early, but usually when players retire early, it's because of horrendous injuries uh, or, or some other extenuating circumstance. Um, he appears to just of his own volition, you know, that's me. I'm done. I've played the game. I've done well. I'm going to go and do other things. So fair play to you. Now, we were talking there about Tom Brady and quarterbacks. It seems like a good time to mention uh, a passing that we had. It was, I think, it was was it today? I think it was today. It was kind of, the, the days are all blurring into one. But the, the sad news that uh, the Hall of Fame quarterback Len Dawson, um, the Chiefs' legend and their leading passer, um, aged eighty-seven, sadly passed away. Now he was drafted number five by the Steelers. 
obviously more notably known for his run with the Chiefs. He was a four times champion. I believe he featured in seven All-Stars or Pro Bowls. Uh, that the uh, thing that you tagged me on Twitter, that the an iconic photo, um, yeah. brought back good memories. Um, but yes, I think it was aged 87, so had a good life, was a very good quarterback. I believe he was a presenter as well. I mean, he seemed to certainly do it all and live it all, but always sad to see uh, that in the news. So rest in peace, Len Dawson. Absolutely. Len Dawson is one of the greatest quarterbacks in Chiefs history. Uh, and in AFL history, and he was a pro bowler. He led the league in like passing a percentage completion five or six times. Super Bowl champion, AFL champion, uh, and just a, an all round good guy. And of course, you mentioned that photo. Um, it's Len Dawson uh, at I believe it's halftime in Super Bowl. I want to say it's Super Bowl four. I think was the one the Chiefs against the Vikings. I, I think it was anyway. And he's sitting there at halftime with a beer and smoking a cigarette at halftime in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think that was Super Bowl 4. I I could be wrong with that. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, you commented on the photo. That was um, Hank Stram, 65 Tosspower Trap. What what did he say? We're getting the ball down the field? Keep a trickly in the ball down the field. (laughs) That's the one. So they might pop funny, wide open, like, Ratch. I don't know who Ratch was. I, I'd, I'd love to find out who Ratch is. Because he says, let's go, Ratch. That's the way to do it, Ratch. 65 toss power trap, Ratch. Let's go, Ratch. And I'm going, who's Ratch? Who's he talking to? I've never found that out. <laughs> this, who Ratch was. Some, some other legend in Kansas City, no doubt. So, yes. Rest in peace, Len Dawson. Like I say, with a Hank Stram with, I think that a Football Life or some sort of documentary I saw, that, that soundbite about matriculating the ball down the field, which he says to Len Dawson is an all-timer for me. I just had the voice and just <laughs> who uses the word matriculating. It's just, it was always one of those things that stuck with me. So when that came up on my feed today, that, that um, memory came straight to my mind. Hank Stram, another legend of the game. Great coach. And a great character. Uh, and so many sound bites. If I, if I can find uh, one of the sound bites from Hank Stram talking to Len Dawson, I'll put it in here. 65 toss power trap. Look for 65 toss power trap. What does it look like? Hey, look for 65 toss power trap. Let's see what it looks like. Gloucester, tell him 65 toss power trap. Get in there for 65 toss power trap. 65 toss power trap. That might pop wide open, rats. Is that there, Rats? Is that there, Rats? Nice going, Big E. Yes, sir, Rats. Yes, sir, boys. Nice going, Big E. Yes, sir, Rats. Yes, sir. The Mentor. 65 toss power trap. Yeah. I tell you, that maybe it's there. Yes, sir, boys. Woo! So there we go, Jake. Is that that wrapped that up, or was there anything else that we missed regarding the news? Was the majority of it. Now, seeing as we've talked about quarterback there, there was um, a couple of trades. Nick Mullins from the Raiders to the Vikings mm-hmm. um, for a seventh round pick if he's active for a game. So it's technically free for the Vikings if obviously he doesn't um, you know, become active on, on the team. And then offensive lineman, I'm probably going to butcher this, Cole Van Lonen or Lanen. Going to take um, your word from, for it. 
<laughs> from the Packers to the Jags again for a seventh round. Um, a lot of the trades now are going to be people that might be getting cut from some teams, but can latch on with others. And rather than hoping for waivers or seeing if they, they fall to you, trade a seventh round pick, you know, do a pick swap, um, see if, you know, a lot of them, like I say, with the Nick Mullins, have the caveat of, well, if the team, if he doesn't make the team, it's a conditional seventh. Um, so it doesn't actually cost the team if, if yeah. they don't provide. So it's, it's, a, it's a win-win, really, for, for both teams. It is. And you see, we, we've spoken before about um, teams trading, like, seventh-round draft picks around, you know, left, right, and center. They, they, you, you rarely find a good player in the seventh round. It, it's rare. That, that happens um but you might so they they do t- trade these seventh rounders around for you know backups and third stringers and they do that and it's it's good to see that nick mullins i hope he hope he gets uh gets a shot he's not he's not really had a proper crack at the whip yet so hopefully he would be able to get that shot and then there was just the things that i, I always laugh at the, the hold-ins or the hold-outs <laughs> um and people coming back very quickly jesse bates the third assigned his franchise tag and Roquan Smith is back at practice and just going to play out of his contract. So you see, you see these hold-ins and hold-outs. The, the team ultimately always wins and the players um, come back because they want to not be fined, basically. You know, um, it's probably not um, going to be great for the team long-term. I imagine um, Jesse Bates and the same for Roquan Smith, unless they get an incredible deal, are going to go, see ya. You know, I, I give you your chance, especially, you know, these players that were drafted by these teams, they've had, you know, three, four years to look at these players and they've still not offered them a deal, then hopefully for for their sake they'll have another great year and get a lucrative contract somewhere else. Yeah. Now one one player who hasn't signed his contract yet, Lamar Jackson. It's one of those we I we've spoken about this um Yeah. The the you know, the origins of the podcast in the early weeks. I don't think he's going to. I just He's gone to, you know, from what I've always read about it and saw from it, it's it's going to be, unless he gets a ridiculous offer, he's going to see out the rookie contract. They can franchise tag him twice, I think it is. Yeah, um, yeah he'll he'll never become a free agent. Yeah, so, you know, not a chance. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, he would have to do something pretty horrible to John Harbaugh in order to become a free agent. There's no way they're letting him go. So, no, not at all. I mean, the the money he's going to get is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be more than Kyler Murray, less than Patrick Mahomes, anywhere in that ballpark. And good luck trying to figure out. And I just, it's going to be astronomical numbers. And it just is, don't I mean, know. This is one of those. When is it going to be sorted? Is it going to be sorted? Do you, do you think they they will sort it out this year? You would, you know, it would be in their best interest because it feels like. The, the numbers just continue to go up in terms of cap and, you know, everyone's breaking the new record. Like we've said before, it's always, you know, 0.1 extra million on the, the last guy. <laughs> yes. So you'd think the sooner the better, you know. Like we've said before, Patrick Mahomes still looks better and better every, you know, as the years go on. And we it continues yeah, to look more team-friendly. We said that right back when it, at the beginning. We looked at it and you're like, half a billion dollars and then you say yeah but that's over 10 years so you know 10 years from now in 2032 he's making 50 million a year what's the next guy making a <laughs> hundred 
This is going to be so team-friendly. And the Deshaun Watson one is $230 million for five years, fully guaranteed. Yep. Um, and if I'm right, Kyler Murray was 230.5 or something ridiculous, but only, I say only, he only had $160 million guaranteed. So it's my heart breaks for him. I know. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to survive on that. My goodness. Um, yeah. So you're right. That the money's going up, and as the cap increases, that money's going to increase. And as these players continue to dominate, that money's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm not sure if Josh Allen has signed a big contract yet for the Bills. Mahomes. Mahomes's agent may yet look at restructuring that contract next year or the year after and say, do you know what, it's, it's, it, it, it is a good contract. Although in saying that, Patrick Mahomes was saying he wants to be at the Chiefs. He doesn't want to be anywhere else. Now, we've heard that before from players, but I like that. I like players who are committed to one team. With the obvious caveat, as we've mentioned before, about players who are, you know, near the end of their career and they've been with a, an underachieving team and they, they want to chase a ring. I get that. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. They've, they've got to. They've got to sign Lamar. They have to. They, they can't. They, they, uh, they've got to do it now because if they, if they franchise tag him next year and they franchise tag him the following year, you know, three years from now, what's he going to be worth? If he's still playing at at an elite level, which which he is, what do you reckon? And he's certainly not going to probably want to play for the Ravens if they hold him hostage. You know, they they hold him hostage for two years. He's going to say, I don't care what money you throw at me. I'm going to go to, you know, I'll I'll have my pick of the teams um, because I will be a free man. Same as that's what happened with Kirk Cousins. He's like held hostage or, you know, Franchise tag, franchise tag. Now I can go where I want. Yeah, he'll probably um, he'll probably say, "I hear there's a team down in Florida might be looking for a quarterback in three years from now." So he might want to do that. <laughs> uh, Josh Allen did sign a de- deal oh, did um, last year, six years, two hundred fifty-eight million. Oh, um, wow. like a lot of the players entering his fourth season, they got that done. Um, tends to be the third or fourth season they get it done, and that's why everyone's been waiting for Lamar and. Right, Why? we continue to wait for Lamar to get his contract. We do, we, but I, I, I trust John Harbaugh. Well, I know it's, it's not John Harbaugh's money, um, but but I, I trust the Ravens that they're, they're quite stable, um, and I, I trust them to do the right thing and just get him tied up before he before they have to start franchise tagging. Because you know what's that's the other thing. Some of these franchise tags, these one year tags, are monstrous, and they're only going to get bigger. And bigger and bigger and bigger. So two years from now, what's a franchise tag going to cost the Ravens to keep Lamar? That's going to be an absolute ton of cash. I don't know who the Ravens GM is anymore because it was all you know for for long enough, and you know from most of my memory, it's been Ozzy Newsome. But I know he stepped down, so I don't know um, who their general manager is now. But their front office has been, like you say, very consistent, yeah. very well run, and. They like yeah, like we we've said, and that like anyone would say, there's not a chance they let him see the uh, free agency. But yeah, the the franchise tags worked off the average, isn't it? So as the average goes up, the franchise tag gets more and more expensive. So it's it certainly is. They'd be as well to just cut, sign him. To, to, yeah, <laughs> do it tonight. Off and cutting off cutting off your nose to spite your face. It feels like yeah, just sit down, 
you know, let's get the posturing out of the way. You want to get paid a lot of money. We want to pay you some money, <laughs> maybe not as much <laughs> as you want, uh, but we certainly want to keep you around and keep yeah. you happy. So let's let's find a a happy place, a happy medium. And I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. And uh, they'll probably do it about an hour after we come off the air. Um, so that. <laughs> Because <laughs> this I happens, hope so to be honest, at this point, this happens all the time. Um, so yeah, th- let's let's see what happens going forward with Lamar Jackson. And the only other thing that I've seen was that the Dolphins are working out and look likely to sign Trey Flowers. I, I thought that would be a very good pickup for them, even if it's not, um, you know, a starter or you know, it could almost be like a Von Miller esque. You know, you just want him to to come in and and kind of help on you know third downs or just make big plays here and there so that's maybe one to keep an eye on yeah flowers is a great player and you're absolutely right you can use him in and as a situational player certain packages that you're doing certain game situations um if it looks like the team's going to be making the playoffs and that you know that's that's when these players come through we've seen it time and time again so yeah trade flowers that's a that's a good pickup for them I'm sure next week we'll be able to confirm if he does sign, but it certainly looks likely. But that, for the most part, I think, was the, the, the news. Next week, I think we'll have all the cuts by then, or, or very close to it. It's next week that the rosters have to come down to to 53. So there's going to be a lot of uh, ins and outs for the next week. Yeah. It's going to be a busy, busy time. Is, is there any, uh, are there any players that you, you've been looking at in preseason that you want to see on the Saints? Um, that you'd like. I hope he doesn't get cut. Any players like that? It's not. It's not something I keep too much of an eye on. I'm sure for most teams, uh, especially your own team, you'll see a surprise, a name or two out there. Um, like I say, Ken- Kenyon Drake kind of jumped out to me from the Raiders, but mm. it's always interesting because you know you expect, you know, or you hope you're going to have a lot of the same players as you did last year. You know, consistency would be very nice. Um, but there's always a few new stars and then a, a few names on the, the cut list that you didn't expect to see either. Yeah, there, there is one, uh, I think he's a receiver. He is a receiver for the Broncos, Montreal, Washington, his name is. And uh, he can fly. This guy is fast. And they've got, to, I think they've got him on kick return duties in preseason. And he's looking really, really solid in the kick returns. Um, and he's, he's caught a few passes as well in preseason. So I hope he does all right. Uh, I hope he stays on the team. I think he will. I think, that, I think the Broncos have actually already cut one or two other receivers. Uh, Washington basically made them expendable. Um, they, I know they were using Kendall Hinton for punt returns and I think uh, Montreal Washington for kick returns. Um, I, I really, they, they had better not cut Kendall Hinton. I will, in fact, I think Broncos fans would riot if the Hall of Famer Kendall Hinton got cut by the Denver Broncos. Um, so, but yeah, Washington, I hope he I hope he finds a place in the team, even if it is just returning kicks. We've seen players who that's their 40, that's what they do. And if they do it well, you know, they can make the team. Um, so I'm hoping to see Montreal Washington on the Broncos. I've not caught an awful lot of preseason. It doesn't interest me too much. But the week one highlights... Every time I saw the Broncos, it was a different wide receiver making a big play. So it, you certainly seem to have depth. I mean, like I say, it's only preseason, but it's, they, they, they all were, were certainly fighting for their place because any time I saw 
um, a Broncos wide receiver catching a long pass or creating a play. I was like, oh, this, who's this guy? It's a different guy every time. I was like, okay, yeah. I keep track the, of the, all these wide receivers. <laughs> the Broncos do have a, a, a deep receiver room, even with the loss of Tim Patrick. You know, Tim Patrick's obviously out for the year. Um, but, you know, they've got Cortland Sutton. They've got Jerry Judy. They've got KJ Hamler. You know, that's what you'd expect to be your starting three. They've got Kendall Hinton. This guy, Montreal Washington, is trying to make a name for himself on special teams. Um, so it, it looks like in preseason, preseason, I beg your pardon, um, every time a receiver catches the ball, they're like, I am going to make the most of this. I need to, because they, they know they're not going to start the game. Not not with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy being there, uh, barring an injury. But they want to put themselves into the best position that uh, at the very least they'll be on a practice squad or if they do get cut, they'll get picked up by another team. It's a great, great time to audition because you, you make plays, you'll, you'll keep on people's radars and you have to love uh, the, the yak stats, the yards after carry and, and yeah. th- those kind of ones that are always, you know, anyone can catch a ball, but what can you do after it kind of things. Uh, uh, one thing I, I need to mention uh, before we move on, uh, is that last week we spoke about the the, the NFL Scotland podcast. It's It's been rebranded, and I, I completely forgot to mention it last week, and I do apologize if any of the boys are listening. Um, it's now known as the Stramash podcast, and it's, st- it's still run. It's Everything's the same. It's It's been rebranded, uh, but it's uh, the, the same guys doing the podcast. So best of luck to them. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to the Stramash podcast, formerly uh, NFL Scotland. Yeah, they're lovely guys. They've done a lot to help us, uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll be speaking to them throughout the season. So I look forward to, to hearing more from them as well. Definitely. Um, now, we probably should look at random stats now, Jake. What do you think? Quite right. In that case, it is my pleasure to introduce to you... Random Stats. Would you like to go first this week, Jake, or shall I? I think I will go first. I've got a short but sweet one, and then we can can end with yourself. So my, my one's just nice and easy. Um, only two quarterbacks since the year 2000 have started at least 50 games and are exactly 500. Um, the first one is Eli Manning. He finished his career with 117 wins and 117 losses. Hmm. Can you guess the other one? And they are still active. Still in the league. Played more than 50 games. And are exactly at 500. Exactly at 500. Um, I'm going to take a guess. (laughs) I'm going to say... I've got a feeling you might get it. I've just got a feeling... <laughs> it's uh, it's not Carson Wentz, is it? Oh, I thought you were going to say it. No, it's it's our man, Mister Guaranteed, oh, Kirk Cousins. What, Kirk Cousins? If, There's yeah, no way he's sitting at five hundred. He's sitting at five hundred. Fifty-nine wins, fifty-nine losses, and more, most impressively, two draws. That, wow, that's so. It's it's not just five hundred. He's like, I'm going to make sure I stay at five hundred. <laughs> I'm I'm just going to draw every game from here on in whilst throwing a touchdown on every game because we're keeping an eye on that streak, Kirk. We're keeping an eye on it. It's not easy with a 17-game season now to stay at 500, so (laughs) expect at least one draw in Minnesota this year. (laughs) That might be what he's aiming for. You know, just like every that year, he's be. like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna put a wee draw in there. Or, or if, or if he, if he has like a particularly good season this year, 
and he wins like 10 games. He goes 10 and 7. And then he's like, God damn, next year I've got to go 7 and 10. Got to throw next year. <laughs> Maybe that's the case. Wow, Kirk Cousins. I would, yeah. I would never have guessed that. Because I just uh, to me, hmm. To, when I when I think about Kurt Cousins, I always think of him being above average. I I, I don't I don't mean as a quarterback. He's definitely above average as a quarterback. But I just think his teams are generally above average. I would never have said he was exactly five hundred. Just goes to show the you. other the other quarterback is going to the Hall of Fame. So there's still hope for Kurt Cousins because there's no you can't tell me Eli Manning isn't going to the Hall of Fame even with. 117 losses. I know. Is that eight and four in the postseason? Yeah. He's got those two Super Bowl wins. Two Super Bowls. Tom Brady's kryptonite. Yeah. Bill Belichick's kryptonite. 2025. Yeah. 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 2025 is the year he becomes eligible, I believe. He'll be, I'll be astonished if Eli does not join. Do Do you think he'll be first ballot? I wouldn't be surprised. I think it'll depend whether yeah. he should be, as in like, on merits. I don't know, but I would be surprised if Eli Manning is not first part. Um, I I understand people who say he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. I get where they're coming from. As you say, you know he's he's five hundred. He's you know he doesn't even have a winning record in his career, but he's got those two rings and they were both pretty special, particularly the 2007 one. Knocking off the 18 and 0 Patriots. Saving uh, all of us. Saving all of us from a 19 and 0. Yeah. I, I, I think he'll get that, in as that well. That alone is worthy. I think he'll get in as well. Now I was, I was actually quite upset um, for the, the, the Hall of Fame this past one. Randy Gradishar did not get in again. Now, Randy Gradishar is a uh, was um, an interior linebacker for the Denver Broncos. Arguably the best interior linebacker on one of the best defences of all time in that, the Orange Crush in the 70s. And he never gets a sniff. The other thing is, this is this, this is something that really annoys me. Um, if you look at statistics for, for tackles, uh, they always say, oh, like, Ray Lewis is, I think it's Ray Lewis anyway is credited with the most tackles in NFL history. And he's got like 2,000 tackles um, over. I, I forget how many years he actually played for. Um, Randy Gradishat averaged 200 tackles a year for a decade. And he's not getting a sniff of the Hall of Fame. And it, it, it makes my blood boil. Because I know people say, you're just saying this because you're a Broncos fan. Well... Part of that is true because the Broncos are criminally, criminally underrepresented in the Hall of Fame for whatever reason, and I don't know what it is. I mean, you 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 can't sit there and tell me that, uh, for example, I think we mentioned this before, um, Dick Vermeil is in the Hall of Fame, and I have no issues with Dick Vermeil being in the Hall of Fame. What I do have an issue with is Dick Vermeil being in the Hall of Fame and Mike Shanahan isn't. Now, when people talk about the most important, influential people in the history of the NFL, you know, guys like Vince Lombardi, Bill Belichick, when he retires, he, he'll, you know, people talk about that, Bill Parcells. Mike Shanahan stopped coaching, I don't know how many years ago, nine years ago, 
eight years ago. And all you ever hear about is the Shanahan scheme. This team's running the Shanahan scheme. Half the teams in the league have a, a coach who came from the Shanahan coaching tree. And the other half is from Belichick. You know, it's, <laughs> at least that's what it oh, feels he's like. Oh, well, well, he's from the Parcells tree. Uh, so, and, and, and the fact that Shanahan isn't in the Hall of Fame is an absolute crime. And it really is. You think, this is ridiculous that this man's not on the Hall of Fame. Should have been years ago. Randy Gradishar should have been put in the Hall of Fame 20 years ago. He's still not there. And it's absolutely atrocious to think that someone who was that good for so many years, at the top of his game, all pro player, is not in the Hall of Fame. And I just, it it makes me so annoyed sometimes uh, when you see the, oh, we've announced the the semi-finalists for the Hall of Fame, the finalists for the Hall of Fame. And then you look at them and go, where's, where's my guy? Where did he go? He's clearly better than these guys. And, you know, if, 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 if Randy Gradishad had played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, or Chicago Bears, or Dallas Cowboys, he'd have been first ballot. First ballot. If Mike Shanahan had coached the Dallas Cowboys or the, you know, the, the, the Steelers, first ballot. Straight away. Uh, it's just, it's so frustrating uh, when, when I see that. Anyway, I'm, I'm kind of I'm going off on a wee rant there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to curb it immediately, Jake. Curbed. There we go. I'm stopping myself from ranting about the Hall of Fame. Eli, yes, he will get in. I'm not sure he should, but I'll have a wee wry smile on my face when he does. Right, right. I would love if somehow they managed to get Tom Brady to induct him. That, that would really be the icing <laughs> on the cake. Oh my word, that's shocking. I, I, I also um, I, that reminds me of I think when Barry Sanders was inducted, his dad introduced him, and I think his dad says it gives me great pleasure to introduce the second best running back of all time. <laughs> And I can't remember. I can't remember if he said it was Jim Brown or Walter Payton was the best of all time. But Barry Sanders' dad, that's what he said at his induction. And you think, oh, just for one day, for one day, you couldn't let that one go. <laughs> Barry must have been thinking, God damn it, dad, what are you playing at? You can't give me this. On the day I get into the Hall of Fame, you can't say that I'm your favorite running back. <laughs> He's like, nope. You're not second, second best. I, I I forget who it was. It was either Jim Brown or Walter Payton was was his favourite. So yeah, that was Barry Sanders' one. But uh, yeah, that's that's. I, I'm still surprised by the, we we started this because of the start of Kurt Cousins. <laughs> Short but sweet start, but it's, we've still managed. It's kind of gone on a bit. So yeah, that that's my fault, Jake. Sorry about that. So I will I will tell you my start. Now my my start is is going to be slightly longer. There's the actual start will be slightly longer than yours, but I'll try not to talk too much about it. Because my stat um, is actually consists of not just a player, but a, an entire game. Now, um, I'm, I'm going to take you back to the Sunday, the 11th of October in the year 1998, where the Oakland Raiders are taking on the San Diego Chargers at the Coliseum in Oakland. Now, the game itself doesn't really amount to much. Uh, the Raiders won it 7-6. So, you'd look at that and go, that's a pretty boring game. Well, it was. This game might have the most 
futile attempt at offense that I've ever come across. And I actually came across this because I was um, looking up punters. After, in fact, it was because, you know, the Buffalo Bills guy hit the 81, 82-yard punt? Yeah. It reminded me, I believe Randall Cunningham, the quarterback for the Eagles, hit a 91-yard punt in his in his career. And I was like, the quarterback? Yeah, he did. And it got me to thinking, you know, what's the, the longest punt of all time? So I was looking at that, and then I saw the, the longest punt of all time. And then I was thinking, oh, hang on a second. Another stat caught my eye. And this is just ridiculous. Because on this day, on the 11th of October, 1998, when the Raiders are playing the Chargers, I'm going to read to you now some of the, the, the team stats. Okay. First downs, San Diego had nine. Oakland had six. San Diego rushed for 117 yards. Oakland rushed for 18 on 18 attempts. San Diego had 97 yards passing. Oakland had 169. So net pass yards for San Diego was 78 one for one for Oakland. Uh, total yards, 195 for San Diego, 159 for Oakland. But this is not where the stats come in. Oh, incidentally, uh, Ryan Leaf was the quarterback for the Chargers. So it wasn't great. Donald Hollis was the quarterback for the Oakland Raiders. This is a guy I didn't know existed. So apologies, Donald. Donald Hollis. But where this gets interesting is when you look at the, the drive summary. So we'll start with the Chargers. Um, the Chargers had 19 drives in this game. And the Raiders had 19 drives. So, you know, dead even. But the, Ra- the Chargers punted 10, oh, sorry, 11 times. They punted 11 times, scored two field goals, uh, threw four interceptions and ended one on downs. They scored six points. The Raiders only turned the ball over once in this game. And then they had a possession. So in the 19 drives, they had uh, one interception. They kneeled down to end the game in the final drive. uh, And they scored a touchdown. This is how they went. This is how the 19 drives went for the Oakland Raiders. Punt, interception. Start counting. Punt, punt, punt. Punt, 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 touchdown, end of game. Their punter had 16 punts in one game and he had 15 in a row. And the thing is, Oakland won this game with a touchdown in the fourth quarter with 1.53 to go in the game. And then end of the game with a kneel down. That's those 16 punts is the most punts in NFL history uh, by a single player. He also holds the record for the most yards um, in, in in NFL history. Uh, his name is Leo Araguz. I'm taking a guess there. It's A-R-A-G-U-Z. So apologies if I got that long. Leo Araguz. He holds two NFL records. Most punts in a game with 16. And... Uh, the most yards punted in a game. Um, 15 punts in a row. Imagine. Can you imagine you are watching that game live? Imagine you'd paid $60, $70 to see that game. And you are a, a Raiders fan. And you witnessed the first 
17 drives were 16 punts and an interception. And I'll tell you, I'll, let me tell you some of the yardage in, in these, these drives as well. So their first drive was their best drive, 31 yards. Then I had a drive of 19 yards, 8 yards, minus 10 yards, 1 yard, 0, 6, 29, because they decided to change it up. Then 0, 3, 2, 7, 2, 7, minus 5, minus 4, minus 8. And you just think that, and then their, <laughs> their second last drive, 68 yards on a touchdown in three plays, took 25 seconds. It's just the worst. That must be the worst ever game to have watched in its entirety from the point of view of a fan. And that was the uh, Oakland Raiders against the San Diego Chargers. And that is my random stat. Just an awful game. And Leo Aragus, I beg your pardon, 16 punts, uh, set an NFL record in 1998. I hope he got a bonus after that. Even for two people like ourselves that love special teams, that would have been a tough watch. And you just, you look at some of, as I say, some of these drives, you just look at them and they just, just keep going backwards. Like, like, now, I'm not a fan of the, of, the, of the Raiders, as you know, but that's just, uh, that's futile. That's awful. That must be the worst. It probably isn't. There's probably a game out there, statistically, that is worse. But I can't imagine what would beat 16 punts and an interception in 17 drives. And then winning the game. So yeah, that's my random stat. Just one way to get a win. And that's all that matters, I suppose, at the end. But uh, yeah, you don't I, always have to win pretty. To, to quote Bill Parcells again, don't tell me about the labour. Show me the baby. <laughs> That's end product. It's all that matters when when you're playing the game for real. So there you are, Jake. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to that you'd like to talk about before we wrap things up tonight? I think that uh, I, I don't have anything. I think that is everything. I'm just wow. Like I say, expect I'm speechless. Uh, but I'm expecting a busy week, um, yeah. especially back. Well, this time next week, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be very busy. Um, I'm just so excited to hear Scott Hansen's voice soon. Oh, seven hours of commercial free football. Heaven. Oh, no. oh, it is heaven. Absolute heaven. I will have the, the it, it up on my, my television. I'm waiting for that very first Octobox. Can't wait for that. Um, are you, you in many fantasy leagues this year, Jake? I have one, two. I've got two or three up and running already. Nice. Uh, in, interesting to see if um, we renew. Uh, there's one on Sleeper that we do. Uh, interested to see if we renew the one on the NFL app. I, I like the one we have with. We just did the R teams one, which was a bit uh, of a different yes. take. So we we have we have this league. Um, if anyone wants to join. You can. Um, it's uh, what we call the Team Colors Fantasy. Uh, and the reason we call it that is because you are only allowed to pick players from the teams that you support for fantasy. You can pick any of, any of the players on your team, but you're only allowed to pick them from the team that you support. Uh, and I, I, don't, I don't remember who won last year. I tell you what, it wasn't me. That, that league... Is supposed to be, you know, you pick your team, you have your Tyreek Hill, your Travis Kelsey, your Patrick Mahomes, and you don't need to touch it. I've never had to make so many 
changes in a fantasy league that I did last year. That's I right. About, I had about eight running backs, about six kickers, I had four quarterbacks. Yeah. That was supposed to be my nice relaxed league. I didn't Some, have to. Somebody, it, it might have been two people, uh, forgot about the draft uh, and auto drafted, and then were drafting other teams' players. You're like, don't do that. <laughs> Set it beforehand. So that you're only drafting your own team's players. Uh, it's it's great fun, actually, because it it sometimes mirrors what's going on in the league, as in, you know, results-wise, because you've got teams like uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are always up there. The Dallas Cowboys were, were quite high as well. The Rams. But then you do, like, you look at other teams, you go, how on earth is that team... <laughs> How are the they Texans, doing? we've got the Lions. We, we had a few different, you know, we had we, very differing we did. levels. Uh, we had the Texans, the Lions, the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Rams, the Saints. Did I say the Dolphins? I think I did. I think we're, missing, yeah. we're missing a couple of teams there, but you definitely, that's that's how we did uh, our own fantasy last year. So we'll probably bring that back up here, the, the Team Colors Fantasy. Um, do it again for this year and just hope that everyone actually remembers to attend the draft and not just put it on auto. Uh, you're, you're allowed to, you know, select your players beforehand, your preferences, but, but don't don't just miss it altogether. And then people have to trade. And then they're saying, oh, this tra- this player is untradeable or undroppable. What do you mean I can't trade Alvin Kamara for a punter that no one's ever heard yeah. of? What do you mean I can't? <laughs> I should be allowed to trade for whoever I want. Uh, yeah, it's always, always good fun. I, I do enjoy fantasy football. Um, some people take it way too seriously. Like, way too seriously. And it's hilarious if the team doesn't do well. Uh, of Have course, you seen that once in America with the, like, the punishment for who comes last in the league? No, what's that? They, they do, there's different ones. There's one called the Waffle House. And you have to spend 24 hours in a Waffle House. But every waffle you eat uh, subtracts an hour. Um, there was one where you go on a date at a very fancy restaurant with a blow-up doll. Uh, there's the classic, <laughs> you have to get a tattoo. <laughs> oh, uh, no. But there's some there's some horrible, like you say, people, it's very serious. They think, and there's punishments for who comes last. And I think the, the best one I saw was that whoever came last had to register for an actual PJ um, qualifier event. And the guy came last by 40 strokes. <laughs> and that, like... By a whole like eight, you must just hope the you know the world is going to swallow you up because everybody, everybody there hates you. You know they're all going for for birdies and pars, and you're there four over every time. They, <laughs> they all hate you, and, and you know it. Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> so don't get any ideas for our, our league. I, w- I wouldn't Certainly. do that. I wouldn't. Do, I doesn't. I um. There, there was one fantasy league that I was in a, a couple of years ago. I forget which year it was. Um, but I, I had the first draft, the first pick in the draft, and I was like, oh, yes, absolutely. Um, and when I tell you who I picked first, it's, it's going to sort of give away the year, even though I can't remember what year it was. Um, and my first pick was Le'Veon Bell. Okay. And then he sat out the entire season. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I was trying to I was trying to trade him, and everyone was like, no. I was like, What? And then someone else, um, the following year or the year after that, I was I got the first draft of Saquon Barkley, and then he got injured, and I was sitting there going, "Why does this keep happening to me? I should never ever pick first in in fantasy drafts. 
Because whoever I, I, I pick... I, I want to be in a league where you are. <laughs> no, whoever I pick, else. something awful will happen to them. Just something horrendous. And I'm just sitting there going, this is this is the worst. Um, so yeah, it was Le'Veon Bell. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that was that was my my thing. He's a fantasy there. So yeah, we're going to be uh, redoing the fantasy um, coming up. Uh, obviously, next week's show, as we've already mentioned, we're going to be talking about um, week three preseason. Then there is a gap, and I don't like that. But we are having a gap. But um, small teaser: we're hopefully uh, we're pretty sure uh, going to be having a, a guest, a mystery guest. Um, a celebrity guest on the podcast Jake so we look forward to that uh, we'll give you some more information as we get closer to that before the season kicks off really looking forward to it was there anything you wanted to add Jake? No not at all really I think like you say some exciting things in the pipeline things that we're working on um, things that we're hoping to improve yep. uh, we'll obviously have a get together and especially going into the season that's been our first season figure out what we want to do and, and how we want to attack it but it's, Exciting times that's an NFL podcast and we're actually going to get to see some NFL soon. I know, my goodness, we've been going. This is, uh, we, we were talking about this last, this is our 26th show that we're doing. This is our 26th week, so it's exactly half a year that we've been doing the, the podcast now. Um, and it's been amazing. And we've been doing a show for half a year about the NFL and haven't seen a ball kicked in earnest. So that's... I just, uh, I, I, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. If anyone has any um, opinions or, you know, comments, criticisms about the show, hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to get your feedback. We'd like to know what you guys like, what you don't like, uh, providing, you know, when you see what you don't like, you'd like to present to us. We don't want you to say that. That would be, that'd be bad. You know, we don't can't know if, do much about that. Can't really do much about that. My ego would just take a hit and that would be it. Either that or I'd just stop talking and sorry, Jake, you'd have to just do the entire podcast by yourself. Nobody wants to hear that. Trust me. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's about, yeah. Hit us up on Twitter at The WinFL Show. You can also find myself and Jake uh, and Dave, of course, on Twitter as well. And uh, thank you very much for stopping by. Jake, it's always a pleasure to ha- speak to you. As it is with yourself, my friend. And uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you on next week's episode of The WinFL Show. <laughs>